let's begin with the part of love, the power of love that is appreciation. Thank you, Roberta. Well done. And you know, so I don't know if this was planned or this just unfolded this way with a, a one person doing a job of four or five here. But uh, it just shows the resilience of the leadership and the congregation, and it's working. So thank you. And, and also, speaking of resilience, thank you to Sharon Connor. You know, because of you, I got introduced to this. And what a joy it is. Uh, uh, I like the cut of her sail, I guess, uh, or the cut of her jib. Uh, uh, I agree with almost everything. I, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself, but there's plenty of things that challenge and stretch me at the same time. So I'm enjoying the process, and I'm in the process with you to some degree, not as deeply as many of you might be. Uh, but we are, you are for sure, and uh, I am at the midpoint of this process. This is week four of seven, I think. So it's a, it's a joy for me to be at the pivot and, and share this today. I believe, who, who can tell me the four powers that are the first steps? Anyone? Faith? Power? Uh, understanding? And strength. Those were the first four that someone spoke of last week, I believe. So, if I'm following Sharon's approach, these are foundational first steps. I mean, it must start with faith, I guess. But faith, strength to persevere and overcome, understanding to make sense of it all, and, and the power that infuses everything. So I get to come and stand on that foundation and talk about what she calls the design phase, the design stage of this process. And the powers you assign to that are love, imagination, and wisdom. So I'm going to talk about that today. Uh, and I want to begin, uh, the theme I thought for myself as I worked through the process of preparing to be with you is the lighter side. And to me, the lighter side uh, it means a couple of different things. It, it means joy and laughter and fun. You know, we like to be in the lighter side. Whenever I say the lighter side, I think of the cartoon I used to love, The Far Side, which always gave me a unique perspective on things. And, and um, sometimes I, there's a few Far Sides that I still, how many of you have ever seen The Far Side by Gary Larson? Most of you? Yeah. So if you haven't, you have a very good chance. They're, they're interesting. There's a few I still don't get. <laughs> so they, they, like Sharon, stretch me a little bit. But the lighter side, they, I like to think about the 12 powers. That, I really like to think about God uh, like the sun. The sun is our God. The God, at least from the context of, of uh, the frame of reference of our solar system and the context of life on Earth, Really, God is a pretty, pretty powerful metaphor for, uh, the sun is a pretty power meta powerful metaphor for God. Um, I mean, life on earth exists because of the sun. The energy that comes from that sun radiates from that sun. The light, the energy that radiates through light, um, led to the development of us. 
And every day it sustains us. And it's always there. You can look at the sun, you can be in the sun, or you can turn away from the sun, you can hide from the sun, but you can't escape it. And even at night, it seems like the sun is gone and we have darkness. But that's really not what's happening. The sun still is there. It's just being obstructed by something that's gotten in the way. Something earthly (laughs) that's gotten in the way. So that's why God, God is always there, ever-present. And and from our frame of reference, the sun is eternal. I mean, I know it's going to, well, I have been told that eventually the sun is going to get very big and eat the earth and then blow up and become a black hole. I don't think, no, no. I don't think we're worthy of black hole. I don't think our sun's that big. But in any case, for our practical, and, and unity is all about practical, right? It might as well be eternal, because I'm not going to be around for four and a half billion years, at least in this form. So, it's like God. So, Son is our God. God is our Son. It, it makes sense, then, that these primitive cultures, and then uh, eventually early civilization, they worship God, as well as a lot of people on beaches uh, all over the world. They all worship God. So, The thing that I found interesting in reading the chapter on love was when Martha talked about the adversary. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So, the thing about the sun and God is that there's either light or there's the absence of light, which we call darkness. There is no opposing power to the sun. The sun's either there or it's not. And so what we believe in unity, what I believe certainly, is there is no opposing power to God. There is one power active in my life and in the universe, God the good, omnipotent. There's no son of darkness. There are a lot of people say, but what about that? But, but there's darkness and there's evil. <laughs> there must be. And, well, yes. So... As I said earlier, we can turn away from the light, and so when we're in that darker area, we may act in ways that are not truly in alignment with the aspiration of the divine ideal and our divine potential. And in the book, it talks about how Jesus named that inner voice that talks to us and tells us we're not enough, we're not worthy. That inner voice that that gives us the negative thinking That's the adversary. So, if there is a devil, the devil is us. (laughs) What was the uh, possum? Was it Pogo? Pogo, he said, we found the enemy and they are us. So, it's interesting. We have so much power. But if if there's a, a devil, it's me. And, you know, in practical terms, uh, it looks like there is, but really we know it's all about consciousness. And so, if I choose right thinking, then I can eliminate the threat of the adversary. I don't know if I resonated because I just think it's easier said than done. Now, how do we overcome those those thoughts? And when I when I think of uh, the twelve powers, I think of light being the one power of God. So, if if, if the sun is God, the twelve powers is the rainbow. 
except that there's more than seven colors. Roy G. Biv. But we got 12. And, and really, we know that I, I see these palettes at Sherwin Williams. There's like infinite colors. This big wheel of color, it's amazing. But there's 12, the light splits, and there aren't 12 powers. But in a practical way, there's just 12 ways that we in human form, in mortal steps, actualize and demonstrate and express those powers. So it's really just a way to take this thing, God, that is so hard to wrap our consciousness around and bring it into terms that we can apply and make real for us as we move our physical being and our physical demonstration into alignment with that, that divine promise. So we have this rainbow of color and light. It's just interesting to me as I read about the 12 power. I don't know if you guys remember talking about a little skepticism the first time I met you. But I was just sort of like, where did this all come from? Okay, so there's 12 disciples, and then each one has a power, and then there's a color. I was going to wear a light blue today. That's the color of imagination. But for some reason, all my light blue shirts seem to have um, not expanded quite the right way. <laughs> it's just all... Now, it seems like my shoulders are the problem, not my belly, but I don't know. Uh, in any case, I, I, I'm, I'm with this. But, uh, but, but a color, light blue for imagination, pink for love, and gold for wisdom. And it's even interesting to think that, oh, if you want to work on, on, on getting more wisdom in your consciousness, wear gold. And, and I know it's not, uh, I mean, Charles would be like, what? But because the power doesn't come from the color. So just wearing it isn't enough. But because we put that thought into our, our mind and our consciousness, it reminds us to focus on that. So, let's talk about how this design stage works. So, love. Uh, uh, Sharon calls love the soul of creativity. So love is the spark. It, it, I, I see these three powers working together in sequence and unison all at the same time. Love is the spark. It's the desire. The motive force stirring in our hearts. So it's that soul of creativity. Imagination then is the visioning. Seeing how that desire can come into reality, the picturing of it, so that we can figure out how to leverage it. The reference in the, in the text is about how it's the architect of the creativity. And then wisdom, to me, is the builder. So we've got the desire, we've got the architect, we've got the builder. Because wisdom is, is the power that knows what to do and how to get it done. And believe me, when you find a good contractor, <laughs> it's not easy. But you, you see the difference between somebody who really knows what they're doing and somebody who's, like me, figuring it out as they go along. So that's the way this works. And it's not like it's just one decision. There's not one simple answer. It's an iterative process. Like, we have a yen, a yearn, uh, a desire, and we think, okay, well, how could it come true? And then we start to act on it with wisdom. 
and uh, we accomplish some level of it, and that puts us at a new level of seeing. And from that step up, well, maybe I should step down, so I can step up. <laughs> and then from a higher level of, of understanding, pulling on those, those primaries, I have the faith that I can have a new desire, an expanded desire, because as I grow, my love expands, and then my imagination can see further, and then my wisdom also matures and grows. But I particularly wanted to talk today about the darker side, because that way I can talk about the lighter side. Because, like, in, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but uh, a lot of times I don't feel like I'm living the ideals of the things that is wisdom I know to be true. Have you heard the phrase that says, to know and not to do is not to know? Has anybody heard that? I don't know if that came from Yoda. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, but it makes so much sense. And, and when I was really uh, thinking about wisdom and, and that aspect, I'm going to throw a word after that I got from my son because he's in Physics 1. And it's AP Physics 1. And he said, Dad, we're working on vectors. Does anyone know what a, how many people know what a vector is? I mean, well, some people think a disease, a vector is that thing that goes out and affects everybody. They call it a vector. But in, 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 in what I'm thinking about physics is a vector is something that has both a value and a direction. And I think wisdom is a vector because knowledge is knowing. But wisdom requires knowing and doing. You've got to do it. So to know and not to do is not to know. You've got to know and to do. And the second part of that that I'm currently not thinking of. Oh, okay. Maybe it'll come back. See, wisdom is also elusive. <laughs> you think you know. Oh, so many things I've been told. You think you know. Anyway. The reason I want to mention the darker side is that to me, just again, going back to the spectrum of light, I see a continuum of love, a continuum of wisdom, a continuum of imagination. From the brightest light, which is so bright we probably can't see it with our mortal eyes, and then the total darkness, which is the absence of all light, and then there's some amount of light. And if you, it's funny that uh, Second or Corinthians came up, or is that First Corinthians? That uh, what does it say there? It says. Love is patient. Love is kind. I thought I had that here. Oh. Well, in any case, I'll go from memory. So, you all know this. Everybody who's been to a wedding knows this. Uh, you could probably say it from heart, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, Anyway, 13. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It talks in there about how love is not certain things. It says love is not jealous. Love is not envy. And I'm telling you, I think it is. And, and the power that I want to really focus on is the power of healing that is in love. Because I think that's where this, this design phase of, of uh, resilience can get hung up. It's because we, we need to heal. And, and it starts by not judging yourself when you're not 
living the textbook ideal. So if you're jealous, that's love. It's misapplied because there's this idea that, like, because I have desire. If we just simply say love is desire and I'm jealous, I've got love. So instead of saying it's not love and judging ourselves as being good or bad, just say, okay, the level of loving I'm at is jealousy. The energy there is there. The power is there. Don't judge it. Give it love. Because through the process, the healing process of love, we can start to see that the fallacy, which we can then deny, and then we can affirm the truth. The fallacy is, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I can't be loved. I want what they have, but I can't have it for myself. That's not true. And yet, I've been there. Envy. Jealousy is just a form of envy. So, I start by not judging it. And recognizing that if I'm in that place where that I'm on the darker side of love, I want to honor my feelings. I want to recognize where I'm at and then use wisdom to begin the process of choosing to move to the lighter side. Where am I worthy? And, and there's this phrase that says, fake it till you make it. Well, I don't believe that's the most affirmational phrase. I swear someone, somebody told me a different way of saying that that was so powerful and for the life of me, I can't remember it. But what I know the meaning of it was, don't fake it, because you're always authentically you. And I'm saying love and honor who you are. And act as, not as if even, but just act as, and the song that you sang, Roberta, was perfect. Like, I forget the exact phrase, but the next phrase was clap with one hand. Do what you can. And so I, I think that healing power of love is just accepting me where I am. Who doesn't feel unworthy? I mean, I've felt unworthy several times since I stood up here today. And, and what is that balance between humility and unworthy, you know, and thinking that you're not up to it? So it's, it's a narrow ledge, it feels like, but it's really, that's a false thing. It's not a narrow ledge. There's this infinite support and love that's always available. I just got to make sure that adversary doesn't get in my mind. So I think to start by saying, accept me where I am. And then move to the lighter side. Just meet me with me. Maybe I, there's people I criticize. Why do I criticize them? Maybe they're doing something I wish I was doing. Or maybe I just don't feel good enough about me. I need to feel better about, better, that I'm better than them. Which again comes back to that central thing of, am I worthy? Do I really believe that I am a, a divine and unique expression of God and that I have purpose and I have meaning? See, that's bringing those powers to life. For me, during the whole process of the last couple of weeks, I noticed Oh, regret. Pardon me. Regret is a trigger. I'm not there. I'm, I'm growing grass. That's part of my meditation and therapy. I'm learning to see if I can actually grow things. You know, working part of the time. So that's where I'm at on the spectrum of dark and light. If I get a little more light, maybe more of my things will grow. But while I'm doing that, all of a sudden I have this memory of something that I regret. And that memory for me is typically 
uh, something I've done that's hurt someone or something else. Those, at least right now, where I'm at in my spiritual process, those are the things that are coming into, in, into my mind and confronting me. And I'm like, just like, you know, I, I start to feel, I start to really feel not good. <laughs> I don't know if this ever happens to anyone else. But I started thinking, what's the good in it? Remember, we say it's all good. What's the good in it? So I challenged myself to look for understanding and believe, faith, that I'll get there. Standing on those foundations. Faith, understanding, strength. And what I've come up with so far is that there's the healing necessary for me. There's something in there that I haven't healed. And I'm not sure what it is. I'm still working on it. I thought, I don't even know if I can talk to you about it today because I'm not to the end, to the finish line. And I thought, is that irresponsible? I'm right in the middle of the muck. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. We're all in the middle of our muck. You're in the middle of your muck. I'm sorry. And it's like, how do you move to the lighter side? And it's, it's, it's wisdom making that choice what to do, but also knowing, making the choice what not to do. And what not to do is to indulge those feelings of unworthiness and take yourself down, because that will stop you from expanding your heart. Whereas the opposite is, how can I expand my heart? And so I, I first look at the level of what did I learn from that experience, and I, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it's still an intellectual process. And I realize that some healing needs to be more than a thought. And I need, <laughs> I need to allow myself to feel the sadness for the hurt. And to empathize with um, the one that really hit me the most is about an animal. So I spent time just trying to identify with what that animal felt. But I don't stay there. I, I know that part of the process is allowing the grieving so that I can release it. That's next week. Another week. <laughs> I, I, know, I know it's important. And what I say to myself is it's important to honor your feelings. That's kind of what I'm trying to get across. Just don't indulge them. You know, don't feed that adversary, but know that that adversary is a gift and be grateful for the adversary for bringing to you the thing that is for you to, to, to work through or work around or work over or whatever it is. And so... Um, you know, I, I wanted to have some fun talking to you more about the dark side of, of love. And, you know, like, for example, like wisdom, what's the dark side of that? Stupidity. <laughs> but not really, because it's not that there are, I don't know, are there stupid people? I don't know. But we do stupid things. So again, just recognize that and learn. You know, I think in the very beginning of the book, coming full circle, uh, what Sharon said is, you know, you're either of a learning mindset or you're not. And to me, that's the same as the whole curiosity thing that I brought up. So I'd like to finish today with your, with the spiritual practice, which is fun. I think it's fun. And so, first of all, I love this. I, I read this scripture and I read the context of it and 
I'm pretty sure when Jesus said, if you are able, he was being a little salty. <laughs> well, I don't know about salty, but it's like, really? You know, if you're able, can you help? And he's helping an epileptic son in this, in this uh, context of this story. And they say, can you help? And he's like, if you're able to help, would you help? And Jesus is like, if you're able, like, we're all able to do this. You know, I don't know. I just think Jesus might have been being a little snarky there. But, which means Jesus, too, has a sense of humor. So it's okay for us to have a sense of humor. That's my point. In any case, have some fun by surprising someone. This is why I got the idea. I'm driving home, and there was a detour sign. I couldn't go down the road. It said, road close. And I'm like, oh, man. So I went to the dark side. Something's getting in my way. And then I thought, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I wanted to get myself something. Coffee. And, and then I realized, oh, my wife, I, if something happens, she's working at home. I know she's having a challenging morning. I, I can do something special for her. So I'm calling on uh, my imagination. First, I'm calling on love. I'm calling on imagination. And then the wisdom to do the right thing. So anyway, the bottom line is, all I got her was one from Jimmy John's. So this homework doesn't have to be a, a, a big, hard thing to do. But it, it does require you to use your imagination to think, how can I use my love to, um, to do something fun and surprise someone? So I bring it home. I'm getting it ready on the counter. She's in the powder room. Maybe that was too much information. In any case, before we have a physical connection eye to eye, she starts to tell me, honey, would you do me a favor? <laughs> would you? And she starts to ask me to go to Jimmy John's to get her a sandwich. So I now know I just took one out of the park. And I'm not really sure how it happened. But that's what I'm giving you guys to have fun with this week, is that opportunity to have that same joy. I mean, and then I'm not, I don't mean to put the pressure on you that you've got to have like ESP or something, but trust the divine powers to guide you. Love, imagination, and wisdom.